Hello and welcome again into another edition of LevyCast. I am your host, Dan Levy, and today I am joined by one of my bestest friends in the whole wide world. I guess as adults, we really don't say that anymore, but in this case, it's really true. My guest is a radio sideline reporter for the Chicago Bears. He also, before that, was the pre- and post-game guy for the radio broadcast of the Chicago Cubs. His name is Mark Grody. He and I have had some pretty funny times in our radio career. His are very interesting because he's gotten to do some of the coolest things in radio and has gone to some really cool places. So this one, you're going to get to hear a guy who's not only been very successful, but one of the nicest guys, one of the funniest guys you're ever going to hear. He's one of my better friends. We get along very well, even though sometimes we yell at each other. So enjoy this edition of LevyCast. And once again, please like, subscribe, enjoy, share. Tell everybody, enjoy. Welcome to LevyCast. This is it? This is it. This is really happening right now. This is it. The LevyCast. This is a podcast I developed. you went and got a podcast. Yeah, why not? This is new. And inventive of you, very creative. No, I don't know to, if it's creative. No, it's not creative at all to have a podcast. Actually, I think I'm behind the, t- the times of this. Why do we get podcasts? Podcasts are like, because nobody will pay me to do this on a regular <laughs> basis. So I'm just going to put out the content myself and go, you're going to listen to me one way or the other. So I've thought about getting a podcast too. And the reason we get podcasts is because we think that we're the ones who are going to break through on the podcast start i'm like what we have to say is so good and so important that other people program directors are missing out and this is where it's going to happen it also answers a question too because whenever you and i have gone out and we've seen family or friends they go they ask the 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 radio one-on-one question for people that don't know anything about radio when are you just going to get your own show right (laughs) i hear man cal all the time you could do that Howard Stern is on for years. You could do that. And I'm like, I think I could do it, but no one's paying me to do it. They don't don't just hand it out like that. I hate when people say that because I feel like, I feel like I've done pretty well in my career. You're like, I'm in a good place right now. And like, you're right. Like close friends and family will say, when are you going to get your own show? (laughs) Like as if what I'm doing now isn't good enough to them. Yeah. Like, they feel like I'm still like a poor radio guy working in Lincoln, Illinois, who needs a donation. Like, I'm doing fine. Actually. I have a full-time job. I have insurance, and I pay rent, and I have extra money, too. I, I will say this. And for people that don't know, this is Mark Grody. He's actually one of my best friends of all time. Um, he and I, no, I didn't, he was there for my, for my first gig. I won't say we started out together, because when I started at the score, we weren't even really friends there, but I would be on the producer glass. And you would be two rooms next to me setting up for another show. (laughs) By the time I left, you would be ready for it. So we kind of met that way, and I would kind of see him from time to time. I think I saw you like a random Hawks game at an ATM, (laughs) maybe a Bulls game. And then I got a job doing traffic for this company called Shadow Traffic, which is now Total Traffic Network. And they had a sports guy. You were kind of leased out to WBBM, and you were the sports guy doing it from there. And that's when our friendship kind of molded into this hilarious ball of shit, if you will. <laughs> because our friendship is different than anybody else's, and I really enjoy it. There's a couple things. One, Mark and I will yell at each other for no reason at all. In public. 
in public. Yeah, Dan pri- cut the crap. But the thing that people that don't know, because we do it and we like to watch people's reactions, I go, yeah, Mark, shut up. And people will look at us. We're at the restaurants, if we're at games, if we're in public, if we're different ways, we scream at each other. We do it for that effect of that laugh. But what they don't understand is that when we call each other, we still yell at each other (laughs) for the reaction of just one another. I've been in the midst of other people while I was talking to you. Like, I remember (laughs) when I was dating a girl and I was at her place and you called. And right away when you, when I saw your name, I just, I answered with, yeah, Dan, what do you need? I don't have time for this crap right now. (laughs) And we went on and on and on yelling. And after I got off the phone, she goes, is everything okay? What's going on? (laughs) Seriously, what was that all about? Actually, things couldn't be better. Yeah, that was a great call. Yeah. If anything's ever been serious between us, which it hasn't, it definitely never came off as yelling. And so I was like, are you okay? All right, good. Mark, I don't have time for this fucking shenanigans. You need to stop being so nutty. I have I have a girlfriend. She can do that to me, but not you. Not now, Dan. I don't have time for this. What I've, what I've enjoyed about Mark is that through our careers, I have taken about seven different paths. I've gone on sports radio. I've done alternative radio i've been on the wacky morning shows and then i've gone to traffic and sports and voiceovers and production mark's career has ascended quality wise fantastically you went from that sports gig to all of a sudden a full time on bbm and then you got the cubs pre and post game you were there for the world series yeah and now you got moved to the chicago bears so it's only got up and up and here's the one issue i have with that if there is an issue you're just as goofy as I am, and yet nobody takes me serious, but they take you really serious. How the hell did you do that? Just a slob like one of you. That's what I am. Isn't it ironic? Yeah. You don't, don't you know think? what I'm doing. Like when, when you and I aren't yelling at each other and laughing and smiling, I go home, Dan, and I'm very serious. <laughs> Look, I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot. Okay. So I'm you not just, Jenny from the block. So do you just sit at home like... Serious as can be, just staring at a blank television, and then when I call, instant comedy relief. (laughs) Exactly. Look, Dan, here's really what it uh, comes down to. One of the things that I pride myself on is that nobody depends on me for anything (laughs) in my life. That is true, right? Except for my cat. Yeah, true. But so uh, there's got to be something in my life, and that is the job. The job. So sometimes I'm serious. You know, putting together a tape, I'm serious. You know what I'm saying? But here's the deal. I like to think that I am just as serious, and I like to think that I and hit, just as I hit it just as hard. But when people look at you, they go, oh, we could trust this guy with our money, our life, our social security number. When they look at me, they see six-ring circus, you know, could go either way in life, could either save the day or burn the house down and let out of a nine curse words, even though... I've never done anything to do to warrant the caution red flags that seem to hover over me like a, a sad cloud in a cartoon. It's 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 why I like you. It's it's why like when you talked about like when we when we first sort of met at Bulls games like years ago, where I kind of didn't know who you were <laughs> and you kind of didn't really know who I was, or maybe you did. I don't know. And I would see you and I would hear you talk because you talk loud. I mean, you're a loud guy. I'm right? a little. I'm a little out. Like, I'm, I'm general, outwards. I'm and, an outward and, and, guy. And this is my way of explaining to you maybe where where your uh, the fault line is. The fault line. Yeah, I don't know if it's a credibility thing or whatever. You're like this. You're very loud. 
You're this jolly guy, and I don't think people always know where you're coming from. Now, when I saw you and you were acting like that, I was like, I got to get to know this guy. <laughs> uh, seriously. And you know me, Dan. You, I, like, I am, you like the weird and I, interesting people. I which... do. I'm attracted to those people. I, I have a lot of those people in my life, like the people where they say, well, is so-and-so coming out tonight? Oh, geez, Grody's bringing out his crew, <laughs> you know? And like when, when I would see you at Bulls games and you'd just be being... You were in full Dan, like, hey, how's it going? What's going on, dude? Like, just like <laughs> this happy, bad impression, actually. Like this happy-go-lucky guy who I had no idea what you wanted to do or if you were serious. Like, you didn't come across as a guy who was necessarily serious about the craft, but I was like, okay. but but I've gotten to know you, and now I know how serious you are about well, it. Because we do have serious talks sometimes, too. But there is, yeah, there is something about you that I wanted to know you, but I think that maybe part of that has, I don't know, maybe hurt you a little bit? I don't know. Uh, I've always said this, is that radio is supposed to be where the cool people are, where you can have fun. People are usually used to be pretty stoned or they're kind of party and i've always considered myself the puppy dog in the room i want to say hi to everybody that is that's a great I want to get way to, to know everybody you. i want to talk i want to laugh i want to eat all the food in the bowl oh my god and then i want to go dog. and then i want to go to sleep you that oh my god you just described yourself perfectly yes. you are a puppy dog but some people think you're like an angry german shepherd no that's not a bad way to put it. some people are afraid of you as a puppy dog and i don't get it like they i don't. think it's i think it's like when people when a dog comes up to somebody and they, they walk into a house and the dog is jumping all over them and kind of pawing at some people, people don't are, like dogs yeah people no people are just like i don't know how to date this dog I think that's where I fall. Right, and they wait for the owner to yeah, do go something. Like, hey, get down. Can you do <laughs> Down. You're going to go to your room. All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I really like him. I like him a lot, though. <laughs> down, boy. Down. That's what it is. But why are some people afraid of puppy dogs? So, I don't know. Like, I'm not. See, that, and that's, that's a little different. Like, I'm a pretty gregarious guy, but I think maybe I feel it out a little bit more. Like, when you and I go out. You're you're usually leading the way, and we get to know. Usually, on average, we get to the last time we went out. We went out to that burger place. Oh yeah, yeah. And we made a friend. We did make a friend. I can't remember her name, but we made a friend, and that was because of you. Like I, I, I sort of let you lead the way, and I kind of look down and I kind of laugh, and then we all become friends because of that, you. That may have been the first time where I think a girl was actually turned on the fact that I was eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> yes. Like there was an actual like she actually said she was looking at me eating the cheeseburger. Like a construction worker looks at a girl coming off the beach. And I'm about 275 pounds, so I don't, I've don't. i never gotten that reference before. Are you really rocking 275? We've never talked about yeah, weight. I've been, a, I've, been a, okay. I've been kind of revolving around that door, but just to give people a, yeah. an no, actual no, I figure. I understand. I understand. I've never had anybody to say that, that me eating a cheeseburger from Ocheval, which by the That's way. That's what it was called, Ocheval. It's probably the best hamburger I've ever had in my life. A place that was actually built up to me by you and yes. lived up to every bite. It's the kind of burger bite where I've said, I even said it to her, is that each bite takes on like, I take a bite, I chew, and I stop and I look at you and we talk about that bite. Yeah. Like if you eat a Burger King, you're, you're slamming the burger. And then at the end, there's slamming instant me? remorse. Slamming me. Slamming me. Slamming we me? will. That was a reference, actually, that Joe Mark brought up. It was Joe Kinoa, because Mark and I did a fair share of covering athletic events together, and there was a, a Chicago Bulls game where we had attended. I think it was a Pistons player. I think Rasheed Wallace had literally slammed Joe Kim Noah, and then I asked him about the slam, and he goes, slamming me? Slamming me? Slamming me? You slamming me? That's like WWE style. <laughs> slamming me? 
and it stopped the entire press conference. And then he walked away drinking wine. That is what I remember about that. Yeah, and then you were probably t- you were probably given a warning by PR, and, and then yeah. I, I will say this: it's always been interesting to me because I have a way of not getting through to people of like real power of jobs. Is that yeah? So there's PR yeah, people that's, they want they want to keep me away from people, but then when I actually get to somebody, whoever that player is or that athlete or that musician is, those people tend to love me. I've never yes. really had an athlete. I've gotten to a couple of issues with a couple of athletes, but. All the ones that you would think would be turned off by me went up a notch. Like Dennis Rodman loves me. Jeez. Kobe Bryant loves oh me. Oh my God. Yeah. LeBron James loves me. Who was the guy in the Lakers? Um, another guy in the Lakers. He 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 is he ended up getting in a lot of trouble. Ron Artest? Not Ron Artest. No, man. Who was it? It was the guy that you and I were in the tunnel at a Bulls Lakers game. And this guy ran onto the court. You're like, "Hey, what's up, man?" And I, and then he 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 looks at me, and he's kind of oh, him, it was Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom. So Lamar Odom looks at me, and goes, "What's up with this guy?" And he just laughs. He's looking at me for like some sort of d- definition of what you are. I'm like, "Yeah, it's just hilarious." But I've always had those weird moments with all these people. Those guys actually like me because I think they figured out again. I'm the puppy dog that causes no harm. Right. You're not there to go 60 minutes. And in fact, 90% of the time, my tape recorder wasn't even plugged in. Right, right. Well, see, and that's it. That's it. Like you were asking me before, why have I... But nobody knew that. Yeah, but people kind of do. I think people kind of... Because just by the either the questions that you have asked in the past or the lack of asking questions and just the fact that, damn, people aren't stupid. I mean, they can tell it's more of a social occasion for you well, than it is... I, I, will, I will say this. For 90% of the games that I ever covered, I was getting... Man Cow, when I worked for his morning show, the yeah. deal with he and I was, I want an athlete on every show, on any, as many shows as I can get. So whatever athlete you book for me, I will give you $100. So that was our deal. So in order for me to make it look as if I actually cared about what they had to say about when the Bulls played the Bucks, for no reason at all, I would say, your thoughts on tonight's game. And that was like my go-to, well, you know, we really went out there. We uh, we tried some things and, you know, the the, the cliche answers. Oh, yeah. You're and then whenever, for that. when yeah. everybody would go away is when I would try to work the charm. Right. How do I get you on? Blah blah blah. And I would bypass these yeah, PR guys. Yeah, these PR guys. And at one point, I've, I've told people I had the entire green room of the uh, in Mancal's green room. I had the entire offensive line and two White Sox players all sitting in the same green room. And all I counted was one hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred, seven hundred dollars. <laughs> so I just I'm thinking about this, and all these guys are there. It's in the morning, like they're oh, yeah. all like, "What the hell is going on? What did we? What have we agreed to?" What we, and they're all <laughs> and they're all looking at each other, like, "What's happening?" They have no idea. Like they see you. Where's that goofy guy that was booking us for? Yeah, us? like and, they all know man cow, but they're like, "Where's, the, where's that guy?" And I'm, I'm in the next room, getting screamed at or making prank phone calls. <laughs> Also, because I was getting paid to make prank phone calls. So it was like, hey, base, what are you doing, base? What are you doing? What, 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 are you, what are you talking to these athletes for? Because yeah. I brought them in. Yeah, 100 bucks, please. Uh, yeah, cha-ching, cha-ching, can you make cha-ching. that check out to Daniel Levy? <laughs> this is what you guys represent. Now, Margie, I yeah. will say this. You and I have been to so many locker rooms. What has been your favorite locker room moment? You and I have covered so many things. All my favorite locker room moments. I guess I should take that back. In terms of, I'm, you have a good Barry Bonds story. Oh, yeah. 
I have a couple of stories where I got yelled at. Give me know. the yelling ones because I, right. I, I bet I can match you in terms of yelling. Oh, that's great. All right. Let me give you the Jim Hendry one first because I don't even know if you've heard this. Have I ever told Former you Chicago Hendry? Cubs general manager? Yeah, he was yes. a general manager for the Cubs and I was covering a Cubs game in like whatever it was, uh, 06, 07, whatever. So the Cubs had signed a pitcher by the name of Rich Harden, okay? He was from I the remember. A's. He was a hard thrower and during his time with the Cubs, he, he was okay. He only was able to last like like five innings per game. But anyway, when he came to the Cubs, I had gotten a tip that from a very credible source that he in, in general his his velocity had gone down. And so I was following up on it. With, By the way, that's how I know you're a much better reporter than I was because I never followed up on a tip. Well, and I also use words nor like... Nor did I have sources. Nor do you use words like velocity and things like that. I couldn't even spell that. Dan, there, there's another thing, too. You heard me asking questions at Hallis Hall one time, and you're like, how did you, did you come up with those questions? Dan... I think we're figuring this all out now. So anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I'm always like, that's a pretty good question. You're yeah, like, how do you do that? Dan, look, if you covered the sport, I, I, you could do it. No, like, I couldn't. You looked at that as impossible. So, so anyway, a head scratcher. So anyway, Jim Hendry is, so I, I go up to Jim and I said, can I get some time with that? I wanted to tape an interview with him or tape some stuff that I would use as sound bites, basically. Nothing crazy. So I got him on, like I'm on the infield with him. We're talking and I said, hey. I, I have a report here that Rich Harden's velocity has gone down. And, you know, after I'd ask him a couple other questions. And then he just, he, he, he tells me, he goes, turn the tape recorder off. Whoa. So I did, which, you know, I probably shouldn't have, actually. I was like, okay, what do we got going on here? And so he's, he's like, you guys and your sources and your crap and this is ridiculous. And he's, I mean, he's turning beat red. Wow. He's beat red. And he's like hollering at the top of his lungs as loud as he could, like as if he wanted other people around to hear, like to maybe embarrass me. I don't know what they, what what it was. Like he's just in my face. I hate when they make the big scene because usually locker rooms and clubhouses are quiet. People are very quiet. Nobody's oh, all, the, yeah. all the reporters oh, are kind absolutely. of it's, everyone's trying to get their thing. The players are like showering. Yeah, they got their headphones on. Everybody's usually it's very uncomfortable. Everybody's using this voice. So whenever someone gets loud, yeah. you know your like Look, your body locker, shrinks. Locker rooms suck. I mean, yes. we can get into that more if you want, but it's horrible. Like it's horrible. It's a really really weird awkward. Right. Everything. It's, it's their workplace, so yes. it's their territory. They have the complete advantage. They are they are walking around half naked. They are talking to each other. They're listening to music, and we're just barging in. It's a, yep. it's a horrible. It's a horrible, horrible way to do feeling. It. And, and half the time you're standing around yep. doing nothing. Yep. And and it's what we do. So we have to get through it. We have to get our job done. We have to get done what we have to. But this was actually outside on the infield at Wrigley Field, cool. and he's just and it's probably better it was there because there wasn't. Like actually, nobody ended up asking me about it because yeah. it wasn't really it's so because it's so loud outside of a stadium that you probably didn't even know. Yeah, even knew. but it was a jerk move on his part. I mean, it was completely unnecessary because I was doing him the solid of actually before I had reported. I think this is pre Twitter. I'm pretty sure it was pre Twitter. So I was doing him the the courtesy of actually asking him about this source that I had had who told me this before I reported anything. And he just went to town, and we never finished the interview. Then, then like I will say, like twenty minutes later, I did see him in the locker room, and he said, "It's all, it's, it's all good, it's all good." He's like, "He's like, we're fine." He's like, it, "You know, it's all said and done." And I'm like, "Yeah, you're still a jerk." That, yeah. and, and I was, I was, I got to, I have to admit, I was like, I, my opinion had changed of him. Like, I'm cool with him now. Like, I'm fine, and I think he did a pretty good did. job as a GM. But I had to, I had to be really careful not to let that moment, um, sort of 
take over my opinions of the moves that he made because I just wanted to slam slam at me, slam everything that he it's, did. After it's that. hard because I've had instances where things have happened of people I've been fans of or a fan of, and then you see that side of them, and then you're like, oh, now I can't like you anymore. Yeah, exactly. And yet, I I was very careful, and I am patting myself. And you're on the a Cubs back. fan, but you did you did actually throw a decent jab at him the one time at the Cubs convention. Oh, yeah. You remember that? <laughs> it's my favorite What comeback. was it? I don't even remember. Because he, it's your story, which is funny that I'm regurgitating yeah, it back. Yeah, no, I kind of remember, but, but I don't it was remember. A, it was at a Cubs convention. Everybody was looking good. It looked good. A lot of you go, well, you know you put on some pounds. And then he goes, oh, go fuck yourself. I said that? Yes. I don't remember that. <laughs> you look like you put on a couple pounds. Wow. That doesn't even sound like something. Was I drinking that? No, I don't know, but it was a great line. Oh, wow. I, I, it doesn't sound like something I'd say, but okay. I'll accept uh, yeah. it. I, I remember because I was like, wow, Mark. Because, again, it goes on to like, you know, you can say those certain things. I cannot. Right, right. I got you, Dan. Because whenever, I, whenever I've, a- I've asked a serious question, it has never done me any good. <laughs> what do you mean? Okay. The... Chicago Bulls are playing against the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> and what year thereabouts? It was the year that James Harding got traded away to Houston. The whole trade went down. It was like maybe the fifth game into the Bulls season. Aye. Into the actual season. The Bulls were actually winning for most of that game. And then all of a sudden, Kevin Durant and and Westbrook took over and they won. And we all go to the locker room and I I was just bored. I didn't have it. I was like, there was just I mean, maybe four guys around. Durant was in the uh, shower, so we were just around Westbrook, and they're all asking him the same question over and over and over again. And I just said, hey, anybody else got anything else? And I just said, is this the kind of game where you would miss James Harden in that late seconds of having a, a third option? And he looked at me, he, he looked at me, oh, no. he got even closer to my face, and then he went, we won. And like he, he said it like to the part where, you know, like a piece of spit came on my lip, and I was like, okay. And then he started going, what don't you understand? He started doing this. And then for some reason, him getting angry, I mean, I was just like, I, I kind of put my hands back. For some reason, other reporters got very upset, and they started yelling at him. Wow. And they're like, you should be answering his question. You can't be yelling at him. And oh, then, man. And then all of a sudden, the like. townspeople the, supported and you. And then the PR guy came over and looked at me and goes, all right, we, we, we don't need to ask those kind of questions. James is gone. He's He's gone. <laughs> And then, and then and these guys started firing off. And at this point, I look over and the guy looking and laughing at me and shaking his head was Kevin Durant because he knew that I really did not do anything. Oh, that's all. And how and little he, you he actually care. He laughed and he kind of like, you know, slapped me on the arm like that. <laughs> one of those moves, like kind of like that was funny. Now get the hell out kind of move. <laughs> right. And I was like, and I walked out and like the guy's like, listen, I'm really sorry that Russell got upset. You know, it's it's, not, it's after the game. He wants to get out of it's there. It's really not like him. It's not in his character. And that, I just that's, said, that's not our guy. I just said, listen. I just didn't. I don't even care about the question. Right, right. I, I, I was just. <laughs> That's why it's so I was funny. Just, you I was didn't just care. Trying, I was. I, it's. I, I'm not even recording because I should have been. <laughs> I should have been recording that moment, but I wasn't. You're not even recording. I wasn't even. I, to be honest, I'm like, uh, you're like, let me try this. I don't let even me try I, this question. I don't even think I had anything in my hands. I think I was just. Yeah, like you know, awesome. hand out. I was off, but I was, oh. but they didn't really. So I walked out there. All right, the second. The, the the real heated one I would have to say that ever happened was during the Jeremy Lin the Lin sanity oh my god yeah it was humongous the Knicks gigantic scene yeah. if anybody knows basketball or even beyond basketball it was, a, it was a cultural thing for a moment it was pop culture and he came to the Bulls during that that height end of the game he had a pretty decent game but they got like twenty points or whatever 
the end of the game, he was in the visitor's locker room. There's a the seating is it's almost like it was like a semicircle, and he was on the far left in, in the corner. So right after the game, there's about had to been like 80 reporters strong. I've never seen that many for a Knicks in my in the last 20 years. There's never been 20 people around one locker room in the New York Knicks ever in Chicago. So they're all around that guy's locker, and I did the smart move by going in between him and whoever the locker was next to him, but I accidentally stepped on or kind of nudged Baron Davis. And I it wasn't even like a nudge. It was kind of like, you know, I was kind of moving around, and you kind of bump into him, and I just said, hey, you know, I'm Excuse me, I'm sorry. He goes, you're not sorry. And I go, what do you mean I'm not sorry? He goes, you just cut in front of all these people. And I go, no, I did. I'm the only one over here because I kind of shimmied my way in there. And he started going, you need to leave the locker room. Leave. And I go, wow, I will not leave for you. Good and then we started, you. we started going, I am not going to leave. It was almost like a Larry David. <laughs> you will leave. And then Jeremy Lin came over, looked at me, looked at Baron Davis again. Started laughing and went, I'm just going to do the interview outside. And then they all went outside and me and Bear Davis had a pretty decent stare down. And then I went over to the Knicks like PR guy <laughs> and uh, assuming he was about to yell at me. And I just said, listen, about what just happened. He goes, yeah, Baron's an asshole. Okay. Don't worry about it. Okay. Don't worry. Good. I go, don't good. worry about good. it. Good. good. Don't worry about that it. That makes I'm, it all better. But when, I walked when... out and it's like, what did you do to Baron Davis? I was like, all I said was, excuse me. <laughs> That's it. See, that's a guy who didn't get the levy. Like, no. For some reason, he looked at you as an intruder. Like, the puppy dog thing didn't work. Well, I think he was also, like, the tail end of his career. He was at this moment where this guy who's barely, like, really scoring big numbers is getting attention. Right. He right. wasn't even right. starting at that point. Yeah. So he's he probably needed just, somebody to get mad he at. He's probably just mad that me is saying, excuse me, because I want to interview not you. Right, and he's an Whereas probably in the past, I was around his locker when he was like, I think on the Clippers, he was like the best player at one point. So I was that I was there for him, but at this point, it was just Isn't that the greatest thing. Time. Like when somebody like yells at you and you feel horrible, and it's that lump in your stomach, and you're kind of shaking. But then somebody will say, and this and this can pertain to life too. You'd be like, dude, don't worry about it. Nobody likes this guy. Oh. Everybody's had experiences like that. That was kind of like with the Jim Henry. Thing. Yes. Like Jim Henry was typically speaking a good guy. Like he was good to me. Like when I'd call him, he would he would answer the phone all that. So I don't want to act like he's some kind of real serious jerk. But but. I was told by several of the reporters that he would undress them in the press box, like guys, oh, like columnists, Lord. like he would come up to the press box and he'd be like, what, what are you doing writing that stuff? That's, that's crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, and so I wow. thought, I was like, I was like, okay. And like, at least there was at least, I don't want to exaggerate. There's at least three other reporters and or columnists who said, yeah, Jim does that. So I that, felt that, that, better. It, it, it feels better because you better. know, it's not a uh, isolated. It's right. just you. It's not like I really did something wrong. This is just the way he comports himself there was a time in the locker room where you got me in trouble what there was a, a story in it, which you got me in trouble a little halo over my head grody got you in a you got trouble? me in trouble you set me up it was a good one <laughs> and i will revive the story now you called me up and said danny i need a favor from you <laughs> oh yes <laughs> i need a favor from you i, I already got you the press pass why are you talking about that you the Bulls are playing against the Miami Heat when it had Dwayne Wade and Shaquille O'Neal. And he said, listen, my dad is in this charity thing where they're going to be auctioning off a golf shoe for Shaquille O'Neal, a, a size 22 Shaq golf shoe. I've already worked it out with the media people. All you have to do is they have the shoe. He's going to sign it. You're going to get it. 
and you'll get some one-on-one time with Shaq. That's all you got to do. Uh, right. This is right. I hooked you up with that. Yeah. I go to the Bulls game. I go pregame, and I walk over towards one of the PR guys, and I say, hey, <clears throat> Grody sent me. I think he goes, oh, what's up, Dan? Yeah. The Miami Heat, they actually have that shoe. <laughs> Will... When they come in, we'll, we'll connect. And those guys, they don't care about me. They definitely don't care about that shoe. So when the Miami Heat came, the, I was like, hey, he's like, you know, kind of blowing me off. So I had to go to the Miami Heat guy. And I said, I'm sorry to do this to you. I'm here because my buddy sent me over here. Got this shoe that needs to be signed by Shaq. And he goes, you know what? When the big fella comes over here, ask him. Oh, you want me to ask Shaq? Okay. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal walks off, gets in the locker room, and I go, Shaq, what's up, too? This is going to sound awkward, but I was told you have a golf shoe. Do you know Mark Grody? He goes, goes, big man, I got no idea what you're talking about. I got no idea what you're talking about, brother. He goes, I know, you hear about that shoe? You hear about that shoe? He's, He's asking Dwayne Wade about his shoe, and they're like, now you Dennis has them. Yo, man, you know about this shoe? This guy's talking about this shoe. And then I was like, you know, yeah, this is like his his bodyguard is like his uncle. I think his I forgot his name. Yo, man, you got a you got this shoe? And he goes, he goes, ah, that sounds familiar. Let me let me ask the man. And then the guy goes, I don't know what to tell you about this shoe. So the game goes to halftime. I find the Bulls guy and he's like, No, they they got they have the shoe. He goes, You know what? Just hang out. Let me let me find out what's going on. I'll ask about this shoe. Doesn't get back to me. It's now the end of the game. And I'm feeling guilty because I'm like, I don't want to walk away with no shoe. Try to help a friend out. I, I, the whole reason I'm here on a Saturday night is to get this shoe. <laughs> so I go to his bodyguard and I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry to do this to you. Do you have any idea what's going on with this golf shoe? He goes, big man, we can ask my, we can, I'm going to ask Shaq one more time. And then we can ask the Miami Heat guy, but I got nothing for you. And at this point, the Miami Heat like, I go, and the guy goes, he asked Shaq for me. He goes, yo, man, you got this shoe? And he goes, he goes, listen to me. He goes, yo, man, why do you keep asking me about this shoe? Why do you keep asking me about a shoe? And I was like, because this is why I'm here tonight. And then I look, and the shoe is actually like in one of the shelves. Oh, you saw the off shoe. Off to the side. It was like by some, you know, the they feed the NBA players like fruit at the end of the game. There is the shoe. And I go, there's the shoe. And I go and grab the shoe. He signs the shoe. And then I was like, and he looks, the whole time he's looking at me, shaking his head and laughing. <laughs> and then as he's shaking the uh, other people, other media people, even though it's highly unprofessional, can we get a picture? We had a, and then he's like, hey, man, can you, uh, you take these pictures with me, brother? <laughs> and I was like, sure. So I'm taking the pictures. And then at the end, I go, hey, can I get a shoe? And he goes, I, I go, can I get a picture? And he goes, you already got that shoe. <laughs> And then he walked off, slapped me on the head, and walked away. And I was like, "Why are you talking about that shoe?" And then, and then all of a sudden, literally, I get a text from you as I walk away. He goes, "Hey, any luck with the shoe?" Oh, that's and I was awesome. like, "Not only did you get me in trouble, I, I was like, oh. uh, did I ever thank you properly for that?" No. Did you feel like I, I never really realized I've, the magnitude I, of what I, you went through? I think through? you did understand that. I was like, I walked in there like a puppy dog. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm gonna get the shoe. I'll get it. In. I had a bag for it. Lo and behold, I'm the one sitting there bothering everybody. I mean, Dwayne Wade was asked about this shoe. <laughs> Dan, honestly, as I was lining this up, I looked at this as an opportunity for you. You did. I know how much you love the superstars. You did. And to be honest, it was a pretty cool like moment of like, hey, I'm going to get it in a ride. And then at some point, you're like, 
now I have to like really be real with Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> like, yeah. there's no playing around. There's like, hey man, I need this shoe, and I become that guy that's trying to get a job done, and then he becomes not Shaquille O'Neal, but a pain in the ass of I got to get this right. done because I, I, that's why I'm here. And yeah. then it's getting bounced around, and you can tell when he's asking like other players in the locker room about the shoe. I want to like yeah. just go away and be like, oh yeah, can somebody else handle this? At that point, he's just kind of goofing with you a little bit, and the other players just think it's hilarious. Yes, and you're in there, so sorry about that. Um, no worry, because actually it lined it up. Because then the next time I saw him, he started calling me Mister Deep Voice Guy, and yes. then I was able to get his phone number. And now I've been able to actually be kind of cool with him. So that's hilarious. I think in the long and the short of it, you actually did me a favor by that. But I remember that night just being like, man, take this shoe and shove it up your butt, man. <laughs> I actually established a pretty good relationship with Shaq as well on one day in Circa Miami Heat days as well. I went to a shoot around. It was before a Bulls Heat, I think it was a playoff series. It was before the start of a playoff series, and I'd never met him before. And he he sees me, you know, there's only like three of us doing this for some reason, whatever, like three, which is great, great, um, you know, sort of activity. Yeah, shoot arounds are actually pretty, you get some pretty good nuggets for players doing that stuff. Yeah, so no, he looks at my ID badge and he says, Oh, Mark Rote. I said, no, it's actually pronounced. It's, I go, I corrected him. I go, it's Mark Grody, actually, is the way you say it. And he looked at me and he goes, nope. He goes, you're Mark Grote. And then throughout so throughout the interview, you know, people are asking, we're all asking our stupid questions. And then I, I said to him, because he was getting older, and I said, uh, Shaq, I said, you know, you're starting to get a little bit older now and, you know. Um, you know, so can you do as much on the floor? I don't remember what the whole, yeah. Do you need to cut your minutes or whatever? And he looks at me, he goes, Mark Rote. He goes, you're getting older too. I go, you are right. Mark Rote, you're getting older too. So that, that was it. That was it. That was the, the extent of our relationship. But he's a playful guy. He and, is, because uh, there was a moment, because I got him on when my buddies and I had a show on Sirius and the Howard Stern channel, I was able to get him on. And really? I remember, I, I, you booked Shaq? The interesting thing about Shaq, and I've never had this with another athlete. I've booked him a couple times. He's, he's been pretty cool when it comes to... Do you have his number like right now? Still? I do. Does it, does it the same number? It's the same number, but it's actually a 1-800 number. He has a call center what? that you call. The lady will say, Mr. O'Neill's residence, and you'll tell her who you're with, and then she'll go, I will pass along the message. And every time she's passed along a message, all of a sudden I'll be like, you know, I'll wait 10 minutes, all of a sudden my phone will ring, I won't recognize the number, and I'll just hear... Yo, what's up? This is Diesel. And I'm like, <laughs> he calls himself and then I'll Diesel. be like, hey, man, I'm Dan. You know, we oh. talked in Chicago. And he's like, wait, who's this? I'm like, Mr. Deep Voice Guy. He goes, hey, what's up, Mr. Deep Voice Guy? <laughs> oh, you cracked me what, what, can I, what can I do for you, brother? And I'm like, hey, man, I'm doing this radio show. Is it possible to get you to come on? And I always say, do you have any charity stuff, anything you want to promote, any things? And he's like, oh, yeah, what time are you thinking, brother? And then I gave him the time. And then he came on. And then I had to do like, I had to call to book him. Our call screener is New York, and we're doing the show out of Chicago. It's all New York. <laughs> and I could see the screen. I could see that he called. And all of a sudden, the guy's putting in the number, and then all of a sudden, the phone cut out. And then I'm like, uh, okay. And then we went to a commercial because I was like, and I, I asked the, the call screener, I'm like, hey, man, what happened with Shaq? He goes, he got very upset that I didn't refer to him as Diesel. I said, Mr. O'Neill. And he hung up on me. And then I'll, and then also he called back and goes, for now on, you call me Diesel. And he's like, yes, sir. What? He asked me to be called Diesel. <laughs> oh, my God. And then he came on. But the whole, I, the whole time, like, he's still joking. But it's like, 
You don't even know how to take sir, that, uh, sir. <laughs> sir, and so I had to like. You need I had, to call him Diesel. I had to. I was like, "Sorry, Shaq. I didn't realize that you like to be addressed as Diesel." He goes, "Don't let it happen again." And then he carried on the interview. That's hilarious, man. I feel like if you were like, "Dude, I'm Dan. Call me Bass." Yeah. Call, call call me big guy. Oh my yeah. <laughs> call me big fella. <laughs> like Diesel is such a silly name. To, it is. To need to be and it's a name that us. he like gave himself. It's just very it's strange. But yeah. I was like, you know, at the time when you because you're telling people, you know, this was the time during Facebook and Twitter and Ryan Howard Stern and I'm we're getting Shaquille O'Neal. All of a sudden you see that name delete off and like my heart sinks, my dick shrinks. I'm like, oh no, oh no, what happened to Shaggy? He goes, yeah, I'm mad that I didn't call him Diesel. I'm like, God, like for now I don't even say names. Just say yes, sir, Mister Diesel. <laughs> Say yes, sir. Yes, say, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, and say. All right, Mark. That's about all I really want to go with here. That's Is there it. Anything else you want to get off your chest? Uh, no, not really. I mean, this has been good. We'll just, let's do it again sometime. I mean, let's keep the dream alive, Dan. Mark, I want to thank you again for being another guest on Levy Cast. Yeah. Uh, we'll do it again soon. Maybe next time you can have some better stories or make make people yell at you a little bit more. I got more stories if you want. Yeah, but, Mark, I'm yeah. done. Yeah, that's it. This is it. Yeah, Dad, cut if the you're crap. Not bring you're the lucky A-game, I brought my out. ass in here. <laughs> I was kind of hoping you'd be like, nah, I can't do it today, dude. But here we are. And here we are, and you gave me a big pile of shoe. We done done it. You know, I'm thinking about doing a podcast, too. Yeah. I probably won't, but we're as I still, everybody, think, I still uh, think we should do the podcast that you and I are talking about. Okay. Where we bring random people in and they don't know that we're just messing with them. Right. I think we should. I'd love to do that. Who'd be our first? That'll be another Levy cast because it's a variety show. I want to call Shaq's 800 number, actually, is what I'd like to do. Hmm. I don't know how to pop the phones All right, Dan, here. let's end this. This is an awkward ending to this podcast. That's oh, enough. You know what? Hold on. That's let's try enough. It. Let's try it. It'll be on speaker. Seriously? Though. You going to do it? All right. There's no, is there a game on like a... This is a great thing about a podcast is we don't have to fill the... No, time. I could end this by now if just I wanted be to. Quiet. Just be quiet. Bears. Can you hear that? Oh, totally. Real new words to this may help you. Hi, can I please speak with uh, Shaq? I was calling. Is Diesel there? Uh, this is uh, his buddy Dan from Chicago, Mr. Deep Voice Guy. Okay, I'll hold the line one more Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to a room where, like a hot tub where Diesel is She's probably asking Dwayne, probably asking Dwayne Wade and Udonis Haslam if they know of a guy with a deep voice in Chicago. Excuse me, Mr. Diesel. Okay, sir, what number can you return the call to? He's not answering. Okay, what? it is. And this is regarding? I'm trying to get him on for a radio show in Chicago. A shoe? Well, I guess it's not going to happen right now, now is it? It might not, it might not, but if he comes on, we'll tell him we'll promote all of his fun stuff. I'm sure you will. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good night. Well, she, was, she was lovely. She I was guess. pleasant. Usually it's a little more robotic than that. She had like the sound of a person who just had like a highball. A couple, like not drunk, but just like a sip or two. Yeah, she had the uh, personality of, uh, uh, you're probably the ninth dickhead that's called me in the last three minutes asking for a shack. Yeah. Like how many calls do you think that lady gets? I mean, really, is there that much demand? Well, I guess he is still pretty... He's still giant. He's still yeah. on NBA on TNT. Yeah, that's right. I always forget about the TNT thing. That does keep him, like, every day. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to be at home watching television at, like, 11 o'clock at night, and I'm going to get a phone call from Shaq. <laughs> Yo, what's up, dude? And I'm going to have to explain to him what just occurred, <laughs> and then probably never get a call back ever again. It's better not be about that shoe. If it's about that shoe, this guy's done.
All right, Margie. All thanks right, again. Are we doing? Oh, we're not dining tonight. You've we're not go going to dine tonight. Well, we will dine on your on your birthday. All right, buddy. Soon. Later, buddy. Later, later, buddy. See ya. See ya, buddy.